everyone. Welcome to the Bringing Reading Back podcast. This is season two, Shit You'd Read and Lit, where we analyze the novels that are typically featured in one's high school English classes. Join us as we share personal anecdotes, ask philosophical questions, and dive deep into plot and characters. Heads up, episodes will be full of spoilers and potentially feature a bit of foul language. I hope you're excited as we are to share some of the classics. Hello, all, and welcome to Bringing Reading Back. I'm Tori, joined by my two co-hosts. Hey, I'm Danielle. And Jade. And what book are we talking about tonight? We are discussing The Outsiders by S.E. Hinton. This is a 1967 novel that Hinton started when she was just 15 years old and it was published when she was 18 i think yeah so the book has been around for a long time um it's pretty well a staple in english classes pretty well across the country um but yeah so it's a it's a classic it's been made into a movie in the 80s uh there are a lot of people who have read this book but that's okay there are also a lot who didn't read this book in high school and this podcast is for you I didn't read it in middle school or well, <laughs> I didn't read it in middle school or high school. So this was my first time reading it and it was a super I don't know, I liked it. I was talking about my first reaction with Danielle. Um and I just never knew what was coming. I like had painted a picture of one thing happening in my mind and then I got blindsided every time. So Yeah, I had not read it in junior high or high school. I had only watched the movie and I thought the movie was really good and has an amazing cast. It is star-studded. So I was very glad to finally read this. So that brings us to 30-second synopses. Yes, ma'am. And who is going first this week? I'll go first. You got this. All right. You ready? Yep. Three, two, one. Okay, so there are some east side, west side issues with the Soshas and the Greasers. They're class class differences. Um, Pony Boy is our main character who ends up getting jumped by some Soshas, and then he gets attacked by them again the next night with his friend Johnny, who had already been badly hurt by them, and he ends up killing one of them. So they run away, but they end up being uh, fugitives, but then heroes because they save some kids. He comes back, Johnny dies, he has a really bad time, and then he gets better because he writes it down. That was really good. Writes his story down. But no, it wasn't at all. (laughs) Another five seconds and you'd have You did good. I was impressed. I'm very impressed. Meh. Thank you. Okay, I'll go next. And a three. Two. All right, Ponyboy is a greaser. He lives with his brother Derry and his brother Soda Pop. Um, they're part of this gang and they're against the rich, the socias, the people who have the fancy cars. Um, one night he gets into a fight with, with his brothers. Johnny stabs a dude who's trying to drown him. Um, they go to a church. The church burns. They run away. Things aren't doing great. Uh, Johnny dies of smoke inhalation and his back being broken. Derry gets shot by the, or D- Dally gets shot by the police. Crazy names. Um, and Ponyboy just kind of loses it a little bit, but 
at the end of the day, he writes it all down. The end. That was all over the place. It's the end and the beginning. beginning. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. See, I got it all. Yes. It's on a loop. It's on a loop. I got it all in there. I just. It wasn't as succinct as Tori's. I'm going to go ahead and do mine. You got this. All right. So we have uh, rich versus poor in the student population. We got Ponyboy, who is in the poor side, which is also known as Greasers. The two gangs fight multiple times throughout the book, but for the most part, the focus is on the kind of like big battle. So when Johnny kills somebody and then when they come back and Dally is ready to blow some heads. And so he wants to get in a fight and tries to fight the police. And then Ponyboy has to deal with the outcome of him running away because Johnny killed somebody. And so then he could potentially be taken away from his brother, but then he ends up staying. And then they kind of all decide that they don't like fighting oh fucking right got it <laughs> nice not all of them don't like fighting but like oh some of them most uh, some of them yeah oh guys okay so i think when we talk about characters this week it's gonna go a lot like last week where you just have to talk about them in a bundle you yeah i agree they are all their identities are all so interwoven i mean their identities are hinged upon their relationships with each other that it's so hard to not talk about them together so bear with us it's not gonna be it's gonna be i'm sure we're gonna go from character to character back to the other one we already talked about so here we are and so it begins our protagonist and narrator is pony boy so we get the entire story of this few week period from his perspective so pony boy is what 14 yes so he is in high school and i even think he is skipped a grade he skipped a grade so he's even younger than his classmates Um, Not only that, but he is the youngest in the greaser group that he is a part of. So the greasers are, like we mentioned, the poor or lower class people of this story. So they have this east side, west side rivalry um, and the greasers just don't feel like they're understood at all. They're always painted as the bad well, the Soshas are always painted as the good, but from their perspective, it's totally different. And so, Pony Boy, he identi- like his identity is caught up in being a greaser, but there's something just a little different than him. And we're not really sure how this is instilled in him, if he was just born different, or maybe the way his parents were. We don't know, because... We have zero interaction with the parents because they're, they've passed away at this point in the story. I don't think for very long, a few months, it sounds like mm-hmm. to me. I think eight months, six to eight months. Yeah. So newly orphaned Pony Boy, we're getting his, uh, just a, a snippet into his life. Probably, I, I would say probably the most defining point in his life we get to look into um but he just is a little different than his peers so really quickly like before we go on can we just talk about the fact that like all of this crazy stuff is happening and 
Like, he was just orphaned. And we're not taking the time, like, the book doesn't take the time to dissect, or dissect that being a big thing in his life. Like, the trauma that is compounding for this kid, like, he's totally like, oh, yeah, by the way, my parents are dead. Like, yeah, it's like a passing yeah. point. Yeah, it's like that might have an impact on you. Like, that could explain something. Maybe we should talk about that, but he just doesn't. It's not a thing to him. But it's also not, like, the most recent problem. So, like, this book is wrote with the perspective of, like, I just went through all this shit and my English teacher told me to write about it. That's fair. Like, a year ago seems like such a long time when in the past two weeks, two people have died. Yeah. Three people, really, yeah. You know? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you, technically, he watched yeah. three people die. I wasn't counting Bob. He's an asshole. He is. <laughs> but he still watched him die. Like, that's still a that's still a thing. He did still die, though, yes. Yeah. So... Like, I don't know. If you told me, like, if all this shit happened and you were like, write a story, I wouldn't think about my parents dying almost a year ago. I would be, like, so caught up in the yeah, here and now. The here That's and true. now, yeah. Yep. That's really true. That's a good point. So he is... It's strange because he is different than... And it's set up that way, like, how he's so different than the boys, the other boys, the other greasers. It's set up in in that way, but I think that I don't know if this was intentional or if it's just the way I'm thinking about it, but the way that the other boys are written, there's something different about them too. Like, so da- Derry and Pony Boy, obviously, we know that they're similar in that way. So they have abilities that are beyond what we give to greasers or what's normal for greasers in the academic, like, when we think about academics. So it seems like Derry and Pony Boy both do really well in school and probably had the potential to get out of their current situation through academics, so school. Well, obviously, um, Derry can't because he's got, has to now take care of his two teenage brothers. And so he's taken that on as his life. And he really wants Pony Boy to pursue that because he does really well and just, you know, has that difference. So already, Derry's different. Well, then Soda gets all the ladies' attention, even the Soches, really, you know. So that's a little different for him. And then Johnny is... Quiet and timid and nice. Yeah. Quiet and timid and doesn't want to get... He doesn't want to get violent, it seems, until he has to. Well, and before the fire, he was deciding that he was going to come back and turn himself in. Like, he's he's very much like, I'll go to prison if it means, like, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of dragging all you guys around with me. For sure. And so it seems the characteristic for Pony Boy, like, oh, he's so different. Yes, but also they all have a little bit of a defining character that doesn't seem to fit the mold of just low life, low class Mm -hmm. greaser. I think that's also kind of like the point of the book though like getting into themes like everything like 
kind of points to the fact that like even socias are different like randy mm-hmm. has a change of heart yeah and isn't gonna fight and cherry is super nice and turns spy um like i think the 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 point and like some a perspective that the kid has is that just things are people are different and people are complex yeah and people don't have to be in the boxes for sure but it's like there's definitely a ton of character development for every single character oh a thousand percent. and i yeah, like that definitely I like that a lot yeah. I agree. I agree that even the side characters are so full. They yeah, full, perfect. They don't they're not just like fall over characters that every single side character, even freaking um what's his name? 2bit. Like we still know quite a bit about 2bit that develops him like ha- adds a complex nature to him. Okay. We would call those round and flat characters in English class. Oh, the characters are all very well rounded. <laughs> very well rounded. Yes. So, focusing, you know, back on Pony Boy, one part of the novel that just really stands out that defines Pony Boy is he is going through the shit. He's dealing with his two friends' deaths both that he witnessed um and he like is like oh this is all pretty much my fault all of these (laughs) um so he's dealing with that having a little bit of a breakdown shut down he's kind of shutting it all out but anyways so he's like fully ready to commit to his greaser lifestyle if it seems and why while he is outside a convenience store waiting on two of the other boys some socias come up and they're like you killed bob you're the one we're gonna beat you up and so he grabs a glass bottle breaks it and he's ready to use it which previously in the novel he's not been one for weapons like yeah he'll fight he's ready to fight but he's not gonna use unfair means or whatever and so he breaks this bottle and he's fully prepared to use it well they take off and there's no fight and then the boys come out and they're like you were going to use that weren't you and he's like yeah I was and then without even thinking about it he picks up the broken (laughs) glass pieces when he realizes he's not going to use it because he's like oh I don't want some innocent bystanders tires to be messed up so it's so sweet he goes from being like I'm going to stab you to like oh yeah, people might get hurt. I'm just going to pick this all up. Like, it's very sweet. I agree, Tori. Well, that's also where one of his friends is like, oh, there it is. There's the kind-hearted, like, pony boy that we know can rise up. You're still there. Right. So every, every character we talk about has to be kind of in relation to pony boy, but he also has... And this, again, gets into themes. A bunch of just, like, angst about, like, nobody likes me. But specifically, we see that with Derry, his older brother, and Dally, who he just, like, never got along with. But by the end of the book, he's like, oh, both these people did like me. They loved me. They were, like, willing to risk so much for me and put so much on the line for me. And I think they all kind of hinge hope on him, too, because he is the youngest and he does have potential. And so they want to include him, it seems, but they also want to... keep him 
from turning out. Except for Steve. Steve mm-hmm. doesn't care. <sighs> mm-hmm. I don't even remember Steve. Steve is, Steve <laughs> is Soda's friend who gets annoyed that he tags along. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, he doesn't. We don't care about <laughs> Steve. Yeah, so we talked a little bit. Um, I think, do we want to go ahead and jump into Johnny? Sure. Yeah, we can. I'm sure we'll touch back on Pony Boy more, but uh, we can definitely move to Johnny. Oh, you're trying to say the glass bottle, but it says the glass body. I was, I was too. So I was like, I don't, I didn't read that. I don't know what we're talking about. Hmm? In the notes, you typed glass body. Mm-hmm. Me? But you talked about a glass <laughs> bottle. We put yeah, it together. I just there. got I was so it. Confused. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I just okay. got that. I was like looking at the in-call messages. I was like, I didn't type shit. What are you talking about? <laughs> Nobody's typed anything in that one yet. Okay. That's hilarious. So the next character we're going to talk about a little bit. Um, we talked about him some before. <laughs> Tori's going gonna... to... The fuck is the glass body? <laughs> We were both curious, Tori. We were both I was, wondering. I thought it was going to be like this big philosophical thing, like maybe like a glass ceiling. Like I was like, <laughs> yes, that's I what I thought happening. too. But... And I don't know where she's going with that. I was like, good on you, but I don't know where you're going with that. So That was really funny. <laughs> so yes, the glass body. <laughs> All right. Okay, so jumping back in, we've talked about him a little bit, but we're going to talk about Johnny some. Um, so Johnny is considered to be the pet of the group. Um, and we've already talked about how his parents didn't really want him. He's everybody's favorite. Everybody loves Johnny. Everybody protects Johnny. Um, everyone looks out for him. Everyone really, if if they were to love anyone in the group at all, it would be Johnny. Everybody loves him. Nobody speaks harshly to him. He is the one that they all care about. Why, though? And you don't hit him. Yeah, don't hit him. want to. Like, why, though? I feel like it's because he doesn't have a good home life. But do any of them? True. It's just weird. Well, like, I don't get why when he, when I first encountered Pony Boy saying he's the pet of the group, I was like, what? <laughs> we feed him that? Like, what? What does that even yeah. mean? I mean, I guess too, like, I feel like ahead. the, okay. I was just going to say, I feel like maybe the difference between like their home life and his is like neglect versus abuse. Like the rest of their homes might not be great home lives, but it's like their parents really just don't care instead of like are avidly hitting Johnny. That's fair. That was my take, but yeah, I yeah, should be no, wrong. I could see that. And I mean, also too, like his run in with the Soshas. I think that's another key factor because, like, that happened six months prior. I guess his parents died eight months prior, and then Johnny's beating was six months prior. Um, so I guess in that time, because of like what happened to him, they feel like it's their fault maybe that it happened because they weren't there with him. I don't know. Because they talk about, like, he took hits from his father, but whenever this happened, like, he was just a a bawling mess. Like, he was just curled up crying. I don't know what I said that was so funny. So I didn't understand any of that. Tori, your face was so funny. You went, you went. Didn't understand, like, my wording or didn't understand... No, you were like, like oh, breaking, in and out. breaking up, so I was just like, oh, no. I think the internet might be out. Oh, no, okay. the internet's freaking out. Oh, no. Oh, crap. Our table <laughs> is broken. <laughs> Are you resetting? <laughs> oh, no, our Wi-Fi is broken. 
I mean, considering the fact that my upstairs neighbor is Kevin, I can be like, Kevin, the Wi-Fi is out. I don't know what's happening. Can you hear me at all? <laughs> no. Uh, 40%. 40%. Hold on. Give it just a second. I think it's just starting to come back up. His. And then. I do love that as soon as she said, oh no, though, we were both like, oh no! Our table! Okay. I'm back? You're back. Yeah, you, you're fine now. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. Okay. So I the last thing I even heard or understood was none. And it seemed like I had, had a really amazing point. I know. Luckily it was recorded. Yeah, she was like Yeah, we so I just we just can't read. Yeah, basically to it. what I was saying so I no was idea. after he was beaten six months prior. Um that's kinda because they felt like it was their fault, maybe, that they, yeah, that they let him be alone and he was younger and like wasn't as experienced or as hardened as they were. So I feel like they all blame themselves. Um, and I think that's why they, they react the way they do. Like, his parent, his dad hits him. But they said that his reaction to his dad, like, he could stand there all day and take it if his dad was beating him. But whenever the Soshas beat him up, he was a bawling, blubbering mess. Um, and they realized that, like, he was really scared. So I guess, yeah, it could be kind of a new a new position for Johnny. It doesn't it doesn't disclose when they started to feel this way about him. So I guess you're right. He could have just been uh, you know, a loved member of the group, one of the youngest, and then after and of course they still felt protect him over over him because of his father, but then one step further as he's become this really reserved, scared um boy because of the beating. Because it was near right, death. Yeah, it almost killed him. I just also like to say that whenever you guys started laughing because you couldn't hear me, it was right after I said he was a, a bawling mess, and you guys both just, like, cracked <laughs> up, and I was like, what What did Dave I say? was doing say? really good holding it together, but <laughs> I just lost it. <laughs> she was, like, smiling, starting to smile, and I was just, I couldn't handle it. Well, I mostly smiled because, like I said, you could just, like, your face literally was like... <laughs> but anyway yes so that's my theory on why johnny is the pet for sure that makes sense i didn't really even think about it being a new kind of designation for him because of that this recording session is a cluster Uh, (laughs) it's just a fucking hot mess this this is real life guys this is what real life podcasting looks like we're we're sorry (laughs) But we aren't. This is us. I was about to say, not, not sorry, yet. no. <laughs> this is what you get. To, to stop doing it. <laughs> yep. Okay, so... Um, Johnny next dies. really Ponyboy's brothers. Yeah, he, he dies, unfortunately. Um, but he leaves... He does leave Ponyboy with a message. Because he leaves him the book that they were reading together, Gone with the Wind. And of course, we get the classic "Stay Golden, Pony Boy" or "Stay Gold, Pony Boy." Stay gold. So we get that classic referencing the poem by Robert that he Frost. Had mentioned. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. And I don't really know many boys from my high school that could have re- recited 
poetry from memory, so kudos to Pony Boy. <laughs> but um, yeah, so he does give him this gift, like don't lose whatever is whatever you have in you that is off, whatever you have in you that makes it hard for you to to fight fights, especially unfair fights. Keep that basically. And he also says to tell the other boys that it's worth it. And to tell Dally especially that it's worth it. <clears throat> yeah, because I think even their group stands alone a little bit too. Even the greasers, they are kind of an anomaly anyways because he even says we aren't a gang. Mm-hmm. We're just a friend group that looks out yeah. for each other. So uh, that's pretty pretty cool. But the next like very important characters for Pony Boy are... His brothers, Soda and Derry. We can touch on them a little bit more, but they're not in the book a whole lot. Um, It just kind of illustrates, again, these kind of different greasers. Well, and his relationship with Derry is really kind of the catalyst of multiple big events. Mm -hmm. Like him running away, which leads to Mm -hmm. the murder. Um, and again, just kind of referencing back, we already talked a little bit about like his angst that people don't like him and really Derry just wants him to be better. And so he's strict because he's like, you can do better than you're doing. And I am giving up the potential to do better so you mm-hmm. can. Right. Well, and just like what we know of Derry thus far, I feel like he's probably blaming himself for the whole situation because if he hadn't had that fight with Ponyboy whenever he came home late, that wouldn't have triggered all of the things. Well, it's not even the fight. It's the don't fucking hit people. Yeah. Don't hit a, like, a child, like a literal fucking right. child. That, that's under your garden chi- guardianship. Right. But And I get it. You're his brother. And so brothers hit each other. But he's now stepped into this role. As like a parent. Of yeah. guardian, of a parent. And so that changes the dynamic, really. And so... Uh, Pony Boy can't. He's like, I can't take. I can't take him. I can take him not liking me, but I can't take him not liking me and hitting mm-hmm. me. But all I can think of is Patrick Swayze, and I'm like, I freaking love you, Derry. <laughs> She's like the wind through mm. my trees. Delicious. <laughs> Delicious. Mm. I got. That's my Patrick Swayze impersonation. There's no pottering. You're not here, so I can't like wrap my arms around you, but. If you were, I would do that. We'd go full ghost. Mm-hmm. But Soda just kind of plays the role of mediator between the two boys, saying, like, I love you both. Yeah. You both love me. Mm-hmm. Can't we all just get along? And he gets kind of fed up with it because he's like, I can see both sides, but just get yeah. your shit together, guys. Stop yelling. Stop yeah. rebelling. And his escape, his outside person that I'm sure he's able to vent to, etc., is gone yeah so he has a very serious girlfriend or what he feels is very serious and he loses i think sandy Mm -hmm. is her name he loses that so the only like real prob like oh probably the only real safe haven person that he can turn to uh leaves him she moves with her grandparents by choice she was not as into him as so he was her. i have a different her. theory i mean 
Well, I mean, she's Okay, I, I was like, did anybody else catch that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's for sure pregnant, and Soda still wants to marry Even her. Even though he knows it's not his. Yeah. So. I was about to start singing that, look at... Oh, wait. Where did you get James that? I did not. You didn't get yeah, that? For I did sure. not. Oh, for she's sure. totally so pregnant. Where? So, like, they're sending her... Her parents are definitely sending her away because They said pregnant. it was either send and her to he's... live with her grandparents or have her get married at 16. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. So, I can see that. Okay. Yeah. I was just like, I thought that he just wanted to marry her young because he wasn't going to do anything. Mm-mm. So... She for sure is yeah. pregnant. And it for sure ain't his. It's not his. So that even gives us a different, like an extra layer of soda. Like he's a good guy. Oh, so sad. It is so sad. But good job, Soda. You dodged True. a bullet. True. Yeah. Whenever so whenever I saw her name come up, I had forgotten. Cause I had read this a long time ago. And I had forgotten about it. So Whenever I was first reading this and Sandy came up, I immediately thought of Grease because, like, we're reading about greasers and there's a Sandy. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, um, I just forgot every song from Grease. Had me a blast. Summer loving happened so fast. Summer days drifting away. Oh, the one I always... uh, 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 I'm a well, oh, well, my go-to is always tell me more. <laughs> okay, go. What were you saying, Jade? I was just gonna say my go-to is always you better shape ooh, up because I need because I need a man and my heart is set on you. you. Better shape up. I love how none of nope. us are on the same beat. Literally I was trying none. to like fall in. You like you guys were the same, but I was trying to fall in with you guys, and so like I just held it. I was like. To my heart, I must be true. We just literally lost all of ours. I don't even care. Yeah. I don't even care. We are beautiful and wonderful. It's your guys' fault if you don't like us singing. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. Sandy sucks. At least in this book. Um, yes. Sandy kind of sucks in Greece. She too, really does. That's for That's another, another day. That's another yeah. pod. <laughs> so... The next really, I I guess really the only other greaser that warrants us talking a little bit about is Dally or Dallas, who is kind of the, of the group, of the greasers group, he is the only one that kind of does fit the stereotype of the greaser, um, at least more than the others, because he has been in trouble he's been to new york and dealt with um a lot of shit and so uh he's kind of hardened and he doesn't even want to save the kids and he's mad that johnny and pete and pony boy decided to save the kids because he's like this is what you freaking get for helping other people and he's like kind of vulgar to the social girls so he's got some problems and issues and pony boy pony boy does even mention multiple times like "Mm, i'm not sure if i like dally pretty sure i don't yeah he's definitely more rough i was gonna say it seems like he's rough around the edges but even cherry's like i can't spend time with him because i'll fall in love with him because like deep down he's like Mm -hmm. a good guy does she say that or does pony boy say that no she says that 
Does yeah, she? Yeah, she says it, yeah. It's in quotes. Yeah. That's all I know. She okay. says it whenever I, she's, like, in getting in the car to leave with her boyfriend. I don't mm-hmm. get it, though. Like, Because why? she says that he's, like, a leader. Like, he's a leader of people. Like, he's, I don't know, he's, like, that kind of person. It's kind of weird. Basically, she likes the bad boys. Okay, so fucking proof that the internet listens to you. Oh. Just FYI. I literally went to Google and only typed in why does. That's it. <laughs> That's all I typed in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it tries to. <laughs> I read the rest of them. It's fucking funny. <laughs> but the very first one that it tries to suggest for me is why does Ponyboy write The Outsiders? Mm. Why is that my first Wait, suggestion? Wait, didn't you look up when it was published? Well, I was about to say you Googled other things about it. Oh. No. I, I did. I mean, I did look up her name, but it's enough. Why would that be my first suggestion? The other names or the other suggestions. The second one is why does my butt itch? <laughs> I mean, share the information with the listeners. The next one. The next one is why does my cat lick me? <laughs> okay. Again, sorry, good sorry. question. I'm getting off track, but yeah. So she is attracted to Dally. To because despite his dirty talk, angry disposition, and complete disregard for the law, these are things to which Cherry is attracted. So basically because he's a bad okay. boy and he's outside of what mommy and daddy would like if she brought him home. Basically. Okay. That's, yeah, sure. Dally is... Yeah, okay. I can get behind that. <clears throat> okay, so yeah, Cherry does sit. Yeah. I really like the word soused mm-hmm. for getting drunk. But then I was like, am I fucking up that pronunciation? Because it's S-O-U-S-E-D. We always called it soused. Sauced. Oh. I'm almost We called positive, it soused. But maybe not. <laughs> See, and that's where I was like, am I just, can I not pronounce <laughs> shit? Or is it soused and turned into sauced? Because sauced to me is spelled S-A-U-S-E-D. And soused is S-O-U-S-E-D. I'm pretty sure on the Andy Griffith show they called it soused. I feel like that they did that. Look okay, we're going to Google it. <laughs> you can't, you pronounce it south, ah, Google says. Ah. All right. I am triumphant. Informally means drunk. Yeah, yeah. I pronounced so much shit wrong on the day that I was sure that I was <laughs> fucking it up, so. Okay, okay, okay. The similarity of sound is surely just coincidental as they independently make perfect sense. Soused means pickled or drunk. Uh, sauced is on the sauce hitting the sauce. Yeah. So they both okay. So they, they mean both the same work. thing. But we're all yeah. all correct. I like it whenever we're all correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> soused or sauced. Wrong wrong math. Right answer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't get me started on the math. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. And so skipping south. over that. <laughs> the earliest uses of souse are as a verb, meaning to drench or immerse something in liquid. But it was applied to drunkenness as early as 1625. Ooh. Dope. I okay. like it. Anyways, I just like that I learned a new <laughs> word, so. I do like that. I'm, I'm now going to exclusively use that. I feel like I've used this a lot so. in, my, in my vocabulary. But I... Th- I've never yeah, heard it. 
spoken. Also, I haven't around, around you guys, but I like I grew up using that whenever Hell people yeah. were drunk. I'm but like, we also watched TV shows from like the fifties. So I'm like this close to being south anyways. <laughs> so dope. I can use it probably in about oh, 15 good. minutes. We cool. we need to get Tori like a BAC. Like we should all just get those. Like you blow into them, and then we just like we all have to get to yes. a level before we start the podcast. That awesome. would be fun. I'll I'll opt out. I'll there be a moderator, go. but you Perfect. guys there you both go. should have I like to. It. We support you. We support. Jade will not get drunk, but all that's right, okay. But so, um, really, the only characters left are a couple socias that are worth mentioning. We have Cherry. And Randy, I think, are the two that that are worth talking about. And you can kind of talk about them in solidarity because, like, what's special about them is that they both kind of have a change of heart. And that they're like, we understand that greasers aren't shitty as much as people say they are. Yeah. yeah. And Cherry kind of... So Cherry plants the seed in Pony Boy that things are tough for everybody Mm -hmm. and randy full circle randy solidifies that for pony boy i have i have two quotes um from that the first one is from cherry where she talks about like all of her friends and she says we're sophisticated cool to the point of not feeling anything nothing is real with us you know sometimes i'll catch myself talking to a girlfriend and realize i don't mean half of what i'm saying I don't really think a beer blast on the river bottom is super cool, but I'll rave about one to a girlfriend just to be saying something, which I thought was really interesting. And then the other one is from right after Randy shows up and he says, um, socias were just guys after all. Things were rough all over, but it was better that way. That way you could tell the other guy was human too. So I just like both of those. Definitely. Randy, like I said, just kind of solidifies that for Pony Boy. Like, we all have stuff we're dealing with, and I think I'm guilty of this, and I think it's pretty easy to fall into the feeling that especially those who have uh, financial stability don't deal with things as, don't deal with near as hard of things. God, I I don't know why I can't say that. (laughs) Don't deal with things that are as difficult. (laughs) Don't deal with things that are are as difficult as those who um, struggle with financial stability or whatever, or a domestic home life that is um, traditional, etc. And maybe objectively, sure, we can argue what's worse, what kind of experiences are worse to have, sure. Um, And maybe we could quantify them in a way that does say, oh, this person has had a harder life than this person. However, experientially, it is just as hard for that person. I mean, emotionally, especially. And so it's hard to even compare. I think you put that really well, Tori. I struggled through it, but I think I got my point across. (laughs) You did. You're a little soused, but you got there in the end. (laughs) I drank some of that homemade mead, so. I need to try that stuff. That sounds real good. I think that ties in really nicely to themes, though. Yeah, definitely. Because I, I, I think one of the themes is, like, economic class differences. For sure. And people who have mm-hmm. and people who don't. And I, I think that's, like, a theme you deal with your entire life. But I think it's really highlighted in middle mm-hmm. and high school. So, like, as an adult, like, I know people have more money, but no one's 
for the most part, no one comes up to me on the street and is like, I'm rich, you're poor. But that's every day in school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. That's so true. Unless you're on Instagram, it's... then it's everywhere. <laughs> well, okay, so uh, taking away online interactions because those are a whole freaking mm-hmm. different scenario. Right. But yeah, you're right. It is so weird the interactions you can have during your adolescent years. I mean, people can literally be like, well, you're poor. And so I am insulting (laughs) you. (laughs) Well, and it's just like when you're, I think like when you're a kid, like it's super shitty because like where I went to school, um, if you wear Walmart clothes, that's, you were broke Mm -hmm. as shit. And now as an adult, if I pay get any deal on clothes if somebody asks me i'm like Haha, i yeah. got it on sale yeah. at yeah. walmart for like 50 percent off and they like they're like oh my god but it mm-hmm. looks so good yeah no one says you, shit about you wearing right. walmart clothes no you want well, okay. you want to say i did not pay shit yes. for this it's a it's a thing of pride right. that's like the same thing with it's so with strange Aldi, like where i went to school at like if you shopped at aldi you were considered like super poor and now you Weird. guys know me. I'm obsessed with Aldi. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, I oh, got yeah. these shoes from Aldi and I paid seven bucks for them and they're wonderful. I literally yeah. have had that conversation with Danielle so <laughs> many times. That's very true. I, I do love me a good Aldi. And so it's just weird. Man, being a kid is so freaking weird. Especially in public yeah. school. Well, I think also too, like, whenever I was a kid, I was embarrassed that we shopped at Aldi. Like, we got a lot of our groceries from Aldi and I was, like, embarrassed about that. Yeah. But you are only embarrassed because of the stigma other yes. people put on it. Not inherently. Like, the first time you went to all right. these, you didn't yeah. know. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. So, it's it, so it just encapsulates, I think, a really hard part of being mm-hmm. an adolescent. For sure. Agreed. But. And it's it's directional, too. So, for where I grew up, it was north side, south side. It wasn't east, west. It was north of the tracks <laughs> or south of town. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's just funny like that, that that plays a yeah. part of it. The town I grew up in wasn't big enough to have sides. Like it was all um, – you guys have seen it. Um, there was no north or south or east or west. It was like it's just all there. If you blink, you miss it. Um but, I mean, I feel like there were different – like, there were definitely areas where you knew, like, the Catholic families lived. Like, it was very divided, like, religiously speaking. Because, like, you knew the Catholic mm. families lived out here and, like, the non-denominational but, like, kind of, um, like, Assemblies of God people lived over here. And, like, it, I don't know. It's just interesting. But mm-hmm. – we. We also didn't have sides, but essentially if you lived in town, because, you know, the town was only 200 people, but the the surrounding district is where, you know, you could also live. Um, in town, there was like an apartment complex and mm-hmm. a trailer park that those were kind of the mm-hmm. oh, areas. Yeah. And then, yeah. Well, with us too, like the people who lived in town were considered the trashy families, typically. Like, that's, for lack of a better word, like, that's how people referred to them. Like, because that's where you Yeah, rent, exactly. Which oh, it's is horrible, terrible, yeah. but. If you don't, but in small towns, if you don't own land, you don't mean nothing. So, an interesting 
to go along with that, an interesting um, point that I thought about was, so I, I had this thought of who can relate to this book, and then I actually found a Reddit or a subreddit that was talking about this, and I was like, freaking perfect. Like, my kind of the idea I had seems to be actualizing in some, you know, in some instances. And so I was like, what? So, I mean, it's, I'm sure we've talked about this before, but it's no surprise that, I mean, I did fine. My family, I always had what I needed, but um, I had a single mom. Uh, and so I didn't always have extra. So I was like, yeah, I get it. I get the, you know, feeling a little different and not even necessarily during it, but looking back, um, and realizing like, oh, like my teammates, parents always came and like, I don't remember my dad ever coming. So, um, just stuff like that. Like I, I can remember feeling like a little weird, a little different, but so are there kids that don't relate to this book when they read it in school? Cause I feel like it's, you know, setting aside the haves and the have nots, etc. And so I found this Reddit post where, um, it sounded like a kid who had been required to read this in school that was like, why is this a classic? Like, I can't relate to this book at all. Why would we have to read this, etc.? And someone had commented, someone had added to the thread, because you're a soch. <laughs> yeah. I do love it. I do love that. <laughs> uh, but anyways, it does, you know, it begs the question, like, is it hard for some to relate to yeah. this book? I would say as, like, straightforward as that comment is, you are more likely to be oblivious if you are on the upper side of that scale. Yeah. As Especially as a child, you know? Oh, yeah. You just, it's easy. And especially, like, I mean, as a parent, you want to shelter your child. And so I can see it being easy for a child to overlook the fact that, oh, um, this... My classmates' meal for the day might be their school meal. That might be it. So I can see how it would be easy to overlook something like that. And so feeling like this book maybe isn't relevant to you. Jade has a theory, uh, has a thought. I can see it. I was a soch. In school. Like, I, pr- I think I was nice. Yeah. I will say, like, I wasn't a bitch to anybody, um, but, like, I definitely, it took me well into my, like, junior, senior year to realize that other people, like, had to fundraise to go on events, and my parents were like, we're just going to pay yeah, that. Yeah. And I was like, I never thought about it. For sure. But I definitely think if they would have made us read this in school as a freshman or even in middle school, I would have been like, and? Yeah. Yeah. As a junior, senior, or, like, as an adult reading it, looking back, I can, there was a definite divide, Mm -hmm. you know. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I was, I was dead center in the middle. Me too. I was just going to say that. Like, I, I would, 
firmly place myself in the middle. Um, I mean, like, I wasn't, like, 1% wealthy. Right. But no, I would say, no. Like, Especially you had a tiny mm-hmm. town. Yeah. And I think you said the name of the town, so I'll probably take yeah. it out. But yeah, yeah just, just bleep just it. Bleep. Yeah. But, yes, so... I would definitely place myself in the middle. Like I said, we, I mean, I always had what I mm-hmm. needed. Um, it was just a struggle sometimes. Yeah. Well, and like same too. And I think also like looking back on it now, the fact that. I'm going to call it. Anyone who builds their own fucking house is a sex. Hey. You're not in the middle, you fucking. <laughs> hey now. They just. Oh, they just paid it off. Um, and uh, her mother literally told us this weekend that they did a lot. We worked so. Yeah, so. I could have been so brilliant if I hadn't sat in a in a garage for a summer and winter staining things and getting polyurethane in my brain. Um. Well, <laughs> neither of my parents. The, the comment is true. true. Neither true. of my parents own. That's shit, fair. So, well, like. Still. But I remember it being a big deal whenever my mom went to school, like, went to go work as a teacher, making, like, 27. Your, your mom your mom got a college degree? Yeah, that's fair. That's you fair. You a social. That's you fair. You a social. That's valid. <laughs> but, like... I am, I am first generation. <laughs> that's fair. And, like, I feel like my dad, like, my dad grew up in a house that didn't have electricity for, like, the first 16 years of his life. And then he moved out and was on his own at seven, or 16. That. He agrees, so sir. He he's a greaser. He's totally a greaser. He did it. He married up. He married he did. up. He's, he's still a greaser. He is. Exactly. Exactly. Love it. Love it. But, like, I think that's why he okay. works so many jobs now is because he was so used to having nothing. And, like, whenever they first got married, they had absolutely nothing. So, yeah. But, okay. I, I'll take my Soch title. That's fair. I was kidding. <laughs> I was kidding. I, um, I'm, like, middle of the line. Tori's judging me. No, 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 no judgment. So I agree. I could definitely. Um, I mean, I I place myself there. I place myself in the middle just because I had what I needed, but I also could relate to um, that feeling of looking into uh, privilege. Um. Uh, we've mentioned we've mentioned it some, but the next one is uh, just this book really deals with stereotypes, uh, perpetuating stereotypes, and also breaking through those those barriers that are set by stereotypes. I think I, that's yeah. kind of that. And yep, period. you can't say a whole lot more. Period. <laughs> whole yeah. whole sentence right there yep, for sure. But um, while we were talking, and you were talking about how like their pony boy is different. Um, I think it just brings it brought me back to like nature versus nurture. So like they're in an environment that is very like they're nurtured to be violent. They're in fights, their groups are in fights. But like by nature Pony Boy seems kind of nonviolent. But then he will participate in what he has to participate in to be f- to fit in to to his society. So like it's the perfect like nature versus nurture balance. I think where you can see both of them at work simultaneously yeah i agree well and he even talks about like why everybody fights like one of his brothers fights because he enjoys it and like there's another kid who fights muscles yeah. then his other brother is like i could just show I could just show off my guns 
Um, and then their like their friend fights because everybody else is doing it. Like they all have very different reasons for fighting. I think that pretty much wraps up the themes and we can move on to just some interesting ideas that this book sparked for us, um, which we did mention at the beginning, but E.S. Hinton herself is, um, you know, kind of sparks some uh, fire, I guess. It's pretty cool. She's was a female, she was a female artist or female author, excuse me, that lived in Tulsa, started this book when she was 15, and she writes pretty much exclusively, in this book at least, she's writing about males, males and male relationships um, in, and and it's set in Oklahoma. So she's writing about her state and kind of out, outlining the, these examples of of maybe the males that she has come in contact with or at least she's um i don't know it just is interesting to me that a young a young woman a teenager is writing about her peers almost so but just males yeah it's interesting so i read so in the the book that i had it had like a little conversation with her at the end like an interview and basically it was asking like if let me pull it up real quick because it'll be easier for me to explain it if i'm looking at it Um, but basically she said, she said one that she, um, chose to go by her initials instead of her full name because she figured that nobody would read a book if it was written by a girl. And so she was like, yeah. J.K. Rowling. Exactly. Exactly. Um, let me get back to where, where it was at. But it was an interview with her where, like, people were asking if, um, these characters are based off of people that she knew and she said to do let me find it um she was talking about like she was never classified as anything she was a tomboy and uh she said i didn't even realize that these guys who were my good friends were greasers until one day we were walking down the street and some guys came and yelled greaser and she said it's funny to look at people you've known all your life to suddenly see them as everyone else sees them, with their slicked back hair and cigarettes hanging out of their mouth and their black leather jackets and respond, like, OMG, they're hoods, um, is basically what she said. I mean, she didn't say OMG. That's just uh, my take on it. But basically, like, <laughs> she says that her close friends were guys. Like, she played football. And so, like, she didn't have a lot of friends who were girls. Like, she hung out with the guys. She was one of the guys. So I think maybe that's why she she based that Um on her experience, and, like, she says, whenever they asked if there was, like, a real-life pony boy or a real-life Johnny, she says that Ponyboy's gang was inspired by a true-life gang, um, the members of which were very dear to me. Uh, later, all the gang members I hung out with were sure they were in the book, but they aren't. I guess it's because these characters are really kind of universal without losing their individuality. So, yeah. I like it. I also had no idea that this book was based in Oklahoma until I saw them talking about the Arkansas River. And I was like, oh, okay, that narrows you down. (laughs) So uh, it's cool um, because, and I mean, this is also kind of going into uh, the differences of the movie and the book, but I mean, it's all, so, so does Big 
one big point for him is he has this certain horse that he loves that he's heartbroken he can't own and they talk about the rodeos and stuff like that and so that is so Oklahoma that's so this area and they lose that in the movie probably to make it more widely a, a wide appeal even for like urban urban areas um, but that was pretty cool. Well, and also, like, as we're having this conversation, like, realizing that's Oklahoma, like, Johnny didn't dye his hair because he said it would look different with his, like, dark coloring and his, like, dark eyes. And I just was thinking, Ooh. like, there are a lot of native, native, yeah, indigenous people who live in Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. Which makes me think, like, maybe he was indigenous and, like, had, yeah. I don't know, that's just something. He could have, definitely. That's yeah. cool. Just sure. thoughts. Just thoughts. <laughs> Um, so while you're talking about the book, Tori, I've seen it one time. The movie? Yeah. The movie, sorry. Um, I've seen it one time. I was a freshman in high school, so it's been a hot minute. So I think Jade and I can both agree that we're going to let you kind of talk about these differences because we, uh, neither of us know what we're doing with it. Uh, I, I, it has been a while since, sorry, it has been. It has been a while since I watched this movie, but I do own it, and I've seen it a few times, um, quite a few times, and I actually worked a double where I had to work overnight after I had worked most of the afternoon, and I happened to have this movie with me, and I watched it twice in one night. Oh my goodness. Uh, but it, mm-hmm. Just because I had to freaking stay awake, That's but anyway, so yeah, oh. But, um, yeah, so I watched it not too long ago, or actually, well, no, I watched a couple scenes not too long ago, but I haven't watched the whole movie in in a while. But anyways, um, so first, like the intro to Pony Boy, we don't get the scene where he's saved from getting jumped, um, I just don't understand why we lose that. I feel like that's such what what an opening scene. What a way to get introduced to the to not only our main character but his troop of um friends. So I really think that that was a loss that they decide to get rid of the the way we're introduced to him. Um we don't really see how much he shuts down after uh, the fire and the loss of Dally and Johnny. He just doesn't really go through that. And I think that is a real, uh, was a real missed opportunity to highlight, uh, just the mental struggle, the emotional struggle of dealing with that kind of, um, major loss. We don't really get that. Um, I'm pretty sure he never has a writing assignment. Um, so we, lose that real cool uh, realization that this whole story is the story is the story so that's pretty cool and then again we lose the setting or at least the distinctive characteristic of it being set in Oklahoma which sure we want a more wider appeal especially for urban like I can see this them wanting to market to more urban areas where I'm sure this is um you know this kind of rift in the social classes uh, can be felt probably tenfold yeah for sure but that was pretty much it i just wanted to talk about that a little bit 
um, and we can move on to kind of our other interesting ideas, which um, the last, I mean, we have a couple. One, I don't know if you saw in my note, uh, so I wanted to go into like the humanity of this group. So I, how I wrote it was the humanity of criminality. Um, and then I put a little note, humanist hermeneutics. Oh, hermeneutics. When you put hermeneutics, I was I like, I had a, like, oh. a, like a visceral reaction. Like a guttural yeah. reaction. Yeah, I saw it and I was like, <laughs> I hate That's it. hilarious. Okay, so I knew that I would, I would get a rise out of these two just for including the word hermeneutics. <laughs> so hermeneutics is just... Uh, a way to interpret or a way to in, uh, analyze a text, specifically a religious text, which we all had to so do. So many times. So <laughs> I, I, I mainly just put that in for a little joke. But it's it's definitely true. Ha ha ha. ha. It, it, it's definitely true. So I'm going to explain my use of the word humanist hermeneutics. So humanism is the um, viewpoint or this kind of uh, worldview that you're pushing that uh, at a baseline humanity is good and uh, you recognize the potential of any human so to speak and so uh, it is the importance kind of even the potential of goodness I guess in human beings um, as long as our common needs are met and so I think this is perfect for this book they have a pride they have values still and they're supposed to be this lawless bunch of uh you know this riffraff and yet again and again we see that they are sticking up for each other kind of living by a code even if it's an unwritten code and so they still have this this humanity these values that they don't use, or they don't lose, excuse me. And so I think Hinton definitely would, would use this. She would fall under this kind of humanist or humanism viewpoint. That's fair. Um, I think you're right. <laughs> I can't call her that, Danielle. That's an offensive term. <laughs> I texted Danielle and asked if I should call you Dr. Doctor or another one, and then she said, "Doctor," and oh, I couldn't do that to you. Um, I'm offended, but she, but she's freaking <laughs> brilliant. So like, just kidding. She's brilliant. She, oh, she is so smart. Um, and that is probably the first time that I really actually had to use hermeneutics yeah. in my. I just remember degree. her saying hermeneutics over and over A lot. and over again. We can cut this part out, though, because we don't want our yeah, professors to I'll just know, bleep but... them, because that would be kind yes. of hilarious to keep this in. <laughs> we can do that. Yes. Um, but on that note, Dr. That's, I'll, just, yes. I'll just use your actual name. Um, cut that out, too, because we don't give last names. But, okay, <laughs> Dr. Dr. Tori. Um, I, I think that's a really good way to look at it, and I think, like, as... I think that also ties to things we've been talking about the whole time about like wanting to like identify that people are people and people are complex and people are good even if they're greasers and people are good even if they're socias. Um, There's the potential for evil in, right. in everywhere. It just doesn't right. matter. 
um it's it's everywhere mm-hmm. right <laughs> the potential is there yeah exactly i agree um i would also just like to say that this little segment is proof why jade and i could not have gotten through grad school without tori because she is absolutely brilliant and we're both gang, we're gang. both like i don't want to use that word i don't like that word yeah we were yeah. both like she put that word in and she's like i'm gonna put this fucking word <laughs> she's like, in. i'm gonna talk i'm gonna teach these people about hermeneutics and i'm like i wish i could forget about hermeneutics i think i actually used it it's the a other spiral. day it's a spiral <laughs> it's a circle now i'm thinking i now pronounce you chuck and larry but it's a circle i fucking love that movie <laughs> my mom hates it because i watched it all the That's time funny in our wedding um okay. My husband, who shall remain unnamed in this podcast, um, he was like, "We can't put anything about the ring being a circle that never ends in our in our vows because if the would be if great. the officiant says that, I'm gonna just like my best man and I are just gonna be up here cracking up, and so, you're gonna so kill me if I ever get married. <laughs> if I ever get married, I kind of want that to be. Mine. I could see that. Like, it's a circle. It's a circle because it there's no it doesn't have a corner. It just keeps going in a circle." <laughs> We've totally lost the plot. Uh, we have completely lost the plot. Favorite quotes? Are we good? Are we good? Favorite Let's do quotes. favorite quotes. <laughs> favorite Let's try to solve what little we have. <laughs> um, so I think mine was page 121 on the ebook. Um, 16 years on the streets and you can learn a lot, but all the wrong things. Not the things you want to learn. 16 years on the streets and you see a lot, but all the wrong sights. Not the sights you want to see. And I think it just kind of sums up nicely... Like, life kind of sucks sometimes for a lot of people, and yeah, positive <laughs> note, but. Yeah, that's a really good point. So I have, I have three. One of them is specifically for Tori. Yeah. Um, okay. And as I was reading this, like, I had to highlight it for you. Um, so it happens right after, um, right after the girls are picked up by their boyfriends. Like, during that little span before Bob dies and everything. Um, and it's from Ponyboy. And there's, like, this difference between tough, like, T-O-U-G-H, and T-U-F-F as in cool. Um, we didn't talk about that at all during the podcast. But, like, there's this big difference. Like, ru- T- T-O-U-G-H means, like, rough. T-U-F-F means, like, cool or sharp. Um, and he looks over at Johnny and he goes, man, that was a tough car. Mustangs are tough. And that is specifically for Tori because we know how she feels about Mustangs. I was legitimately like, I have to highlight that for her because she'll hate it. Um, she'll hate everything about it. Um, no, the other two were a little more serious. Uh, the first one is like right from the beginning where he's uh, walking alone. And he says, it bribes, or drives my brother Derry nuts when I do stuff like that because I'm supposed to be smart. I make good grades and have a high IQ and everything, but I don't use my head. And that's just, I kind of felt a little called out by that. I was like, that's that's fair. I'm like, I'm an intelligent human, but mm-hmm. sometimes I do some really stupid things. And then the last one is kind of dark. It's right at the end, like right after Johnny dies. And uh, it says, you read about people looking peacefully asleep when they're dead, but they don't. Johnny just looked dead, like a candle with a flame gone. And I think like if you've ever, if you've ever watched somebody die, that's one of the most accurate descriptions of just like... It's not peaceful. Um, it's just gone. 
raw. Yeah, it's very raw. Yeah. So that one really stood out to me as well. But I had to tell Tori about the Mustang because, you know, I know she thinks they're so cool. Yeah. All right. You're up, T. Oh, so yeah, <laughs> it's me. I'm You're just with me. I was. All right. So mine is Johnny. Johnny says, Dally's okay. Johnny said defensively, and I nodded. You take up for your buddies no matter what they do. When you're in a gang, you stick up for the members. So, again, kind of going back to um, one of the last interesting points I made, the humanity uh, and this kind of, even though they're these greasers, they have these core set of values and this pride Um, And one of those values is loyalty. And I would, you know, it would take a lot for me to not stick up for or to throw under the bus or talk bad about, you know, you two ladies. (laughs) But it's still, you know, it still begs the question, like, when, like, where is the lines of loyalty? Um. Dally is ready to be an accomplice to get Johnny and Ponyboy out of town. Uh, Ponyboy's ready to be like, oh, okay, you killed him. I guess I'll go with you forever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, still they're not willing to, to trash their friends, their buddies. So, yeah, that was a pretty pretty meaningful quote for me yeah i would agree with that i think that's a really good point but if your friend is harassing a couple girls you fucking stop him like johnny did let's you say some shit you say oh he's not a bad guy but you make him stop johnny is johnny's a feminist agreed Yes, I will die on that hill. I completely and totally agree with that. That's a really good point. Yes. If your friend, doesn't matter how nice of a guy your friend is, if your friend is saying really, like, offensive and disgusting things and, like, whistling at women who walk down the street, say, call, call him, out. him out. Say, bro, that's call him not out. cool. I love you. I'll stick up for you. But cut yep. that shit out. Yep. Good point. I do like that. I do like that. I think that's a solid take-home lesson to put right where everybody can remember it. Right Right at the end. Remember. Right at the end. Call your friends out when they're saying sexist things, when they're saying racist things, when they're saying homophobic things. Call your friends out if you need to. Doesn't mean you don't love them. You just need to school them a little bit. 110%. Unless they suck. (laughs) Then mm-hmm. you don't have to be their friend anymore. All right. <laughs> and with that. So, with this round robin freaking crazy show of a podcast, uh, we're going to leave you there. Tune in next week. We'll be talking about another extremely upbeat and positive book, <laughs> uh, Why the Caged Bird Sings. So, we're going to... Uh, turn back the clock a little bit in American history. Go a little bit further. Well, 
south, I was going to say, but Oklahoma's pretty far. Uh, we're we're anyways, just batting 100 so, on, the, on the positive books right now. Those uh, English teachers really know how to pick them. <laughs> anyways, so. Uh, here, for a, here for a short time. Yeah. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, please take a moment to share, rate, subscribe, do whatever, whatever the heck gets our name out there. <laughs> Uh, if you have any suggestions, concerns, uh, you just want to tell us how freaking awesome we are, email bringingreadingbackpodcast at gmail.com. If you just really uh, loved our singing. I know y'all loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And we Let's are. Know, there we go. Yeah. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. And we are signing off. So BRB for now. BRB. BRB.